Good morning, you filthy probers. Howdy, howdy. And welcome to another episode of But It Was Aliens with myself, Moonwalker, and sitting shotgun in the kiddie seat is is Greybeard. Son of a gun. We are the former MIBs that the MIBs fear, and for good reason. We're reckless. Read instructions before use? What instructions? I'll put this table up myself, damn it. Check with your doctor before playing if you suffer epilepsy. What doctor? And we don't give a shit that they don't want you to know this stuff. We want you to know. For your own damn safety. You need to know that samurai swords and nunchucks won't kill an alien. You need to... That conclusion was... Interrupt me again (laughs) and I'm slicing that magnificent grey beard off. You need to know... That Crescent looks like Gene Simmons with tits. (laughs) So that you don't think that it's Gene Simmons with tits. Absolutely. And above all, beware a Betty with an alien story. There's so many Bettys out there. Now, today's case takes place in 1975, just outside of Snowflake, Arizona. A group of young men, led by their boss, Mike Rogers had been sent out working in the Apache Silk Greaves National Forest. Clearing dead trees and debris, they had a contract to complete, but they were unfortunately behind. Oh dear. But they were used to being behind. It's nothing... Were they now? (laughs) Bow, chicka, wow, wow. It's nothing a couple of extra hours of work per day couldn't fix. So they weren't worried. They were driving back through the forest on the evening of November 5th, when they spotted a bright light through the trees. Now one of them dismissed it as he thought it was the moon. The moon. Until he looked over the other side of the truck and could see the moon out the window. Uh oh, he done (laughs) screwed up there. Now what I have here is a picture of six of the men, excluding one. So you've got a good visual representation what they looked like at the time. Yeah, all of them look like fairly trustworthy, hard-working men, except two. I was about to say, yeah, they all came from a blue-collar background. Mm-hmm. Um, Can it, I just talk about one of them for yeah, a second? Yeah, go for it. The one in the top right corner of this photo, <laughs> unfortunately, looks like the Yorkshire Ripper, Ooh. who is a famous British serial killer for those of you who may not be familiar with him. Was it Peter Sutcliffe? Think it, yeah. yeah. Horrid, horrid story. But that looks a bit like him. I don't trust that one. Meanwhile, the one bottom centre with the goatee and the moustache just looks a bit thuggish, to be honest. (laughs) Like he's going to ask for my watch. Now, in the documentary, one of them does state that they were all young men at the time, all blue collar. They did look pretty rough, walking around like lumberjacks with chainsaws and stuff like that. And... The one that you pointed out first, mm-hmm. his name is Dallas. Dallas? Yep. I don't trust Dallas. And he will pop up a little bit later. Okay. So you've watched a documentary on this? I've watched it twice. Crikey. So I've you've gone deep. There was three documentaries that I found. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them you had to pay for. Because like, I watched, I watched them on Prime, and this is where I found that Netflix is terrible for yeah, documentaries. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's really bad. 
Whereas Prime, I see, I don't like Prime for general TV show content. I think Netflix is better. But for documentaries, there's an awful lot more on yep, Prime. Totally agree there. Unfortunately, there's also some absolute trash. I sat for it. I can't remember what the topic was now, but I sat, it might have been, oh, it's one we haven't done yet, so I can't say. But I sat through about four documentaries for that one. And one of them was one of the most awfully made cheap i could have made better documentaries <laughs> that i've ever come across in my life they literally used basically iMovie on an apple product <laughs> <laughs> they a guy had recorded his voiceover in the background and just random images he's found on google repeatedly there was no like on-site filming or anything like that Terrible. it was utterly awful <laughs> so yeah that's thing you gotta be careful about with amazon we could submit a documentary should we do a documentary <laughs> put that as a side probe <laughs> as the men drove up towards the light that's when they saw it hovering about 15 to 25 feet off the ground sleek looking design with a dome like feature on the top of it one of them even describes it as beautiful oh one man clearly excited by what they'd seen jumped out of the truck and started running towards it. When you say excited. <laughs> Wasn't that excited? Okay. While I was watching the documentary, he states that he was running towards it with excitement. And then as he got closer, he became scared. But he didn't want to portray that to the other guys in the truck. So he kept going, but at a much slower pace. Yeah. Should have thought about that one, shouldn't he? Should have. As he got nearer, he started to hear an alternating frequency. He could tell was coming from the craft, on the high end and on the low end, which he says you could feel as well as hear. Now Mike, Operation. who had driven the truck, said that he could feel it as he gripped the steering wheel. Vibration. But he could also feel it through his elbow, which was leaning against the window. Vibration. <laughs> you just want to keep saying it, don't you? He said that it got real scary as the sound got louder and louder. And as for the young man nearest the craft, he decided to duck down near a hill. I've got a theory. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Keep going. So he'd done this for a little while and then he thought, I've had enough. I'm getting out of here. So he decides to get up and leg it back to the truck. Mm -hmm. But as he got up, he was hit with a beam. Ooh. And that beam was so bright, it illuminated the forest for a split second. So the other people saw it? Yep. One of them was even, he says he was looking away, and the flash was so bright, he quickly turned after. And as he turned, he saw his friend in the air. What? And like it had knocked him off his feet mm -hmm. into the air, and he hit the ground. Crikey. The men in the truck got out of there as soon as they could. I bet. Into gear, foot down, drifting through the Wait, trees. They left him. Tokyo drift style. They left him. The man that was left behind. Man down. His name was Travis Walton. Ah, I've heard of this, yes. And that picture below is a picture of Travis. Okay. Near the time. Okay. Yeah, this is this is a very famous one, isn't it? Hmm. They left him. They left him. They were like, come on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> what about Travis? 
Who's Travis? He's engaged to your sister. What Travis? <laughs> what sister? I don't have a sister. Who's this photo of in your wallet? What wallet? <laughs> What's a wallet? I don't own a wallet. She bought you this truck. <laughs> what truck? <laughs> Just leaving you to see how long you keep going for. The truck you're driving us home in. <laughs> home? What home? Any questions or um, anything not, before I continue? Not a question. I'm generally quite astounded that they left him behind unless it's all a massive hoax because like even if it was our friend who shall remain nameless with us and this happened to us thing is it's impossible no, to say what you would do yeah because unless you're in the moment flight kicks in yeah you're all right you're right you don't know what's gonna happen as they drove off about half a mile they started arguing amongst themselves about whether or not they should go back or go to get help. As a few were looking back, they noticed the spacecraft take off. So Mike, who was Travis's best friend... And who ditched him. <laughs> ...stopped the truck and decided that he was going back for Travis and that those who wanted to help could, and anyone too scared could wait there. And to his shock, everyone stayed in the truck. Their biggest fear was getting back and finding Travis dead and burnt to a crisp. But when they arrived at the scene, there was no sign of Travis. That... That was not their biggest fear. They were thinking of numero uno here. They were thinking that they don't want to be burnt to a crisp. <laughs> they ditched Travis. They did not give a shit. I meant their fear as they go back. Yeah, their not fear as they, they go back. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. But their fear, they don't want to go back because they don't want to get burnt. They've mm -hmm. completely jacked in any care they had about Travis. Fight or flight, yo. Who's Travis? <laughs> this they... is beyond flight <laughs> This is utterly legging it When they realised they couldn't find him They made a call to the sheriff for help The call reached one of his deputies And he wasn't ready to just believe their story But they went up into the forest To see what was going on When deputy sheriff Chuck Ellison arrived at the scene <sighs> Chuck He said a few of them were pacing around And others were crying He said he tried to get as close to them as possible to see if he could smell alcohol or marijuana. He also told them straight, are you sure you want to go through with this? Because if I call the deputy up here and you're lying, you're all going to be in big trouble. Oh, he he tried to use some Jedi mind trick there, didn't he? Did indeed. Trying to get him to admit he'd made up his mind that they'd done something or they were bullshitting and tried to get him to force it. Good old Chuck. You saw the picture earlier. I did. These were rough-looking bunch of guys. Most of them. Walking around with chainsaws. They're all between the ages of 17 to early 30s. Mm -hmm. A lot of testosterone. So there were a few quarrels at times. People mm -hmm. are going to think that they tried to kill him before believing a crazy story like that. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it hadn't even crossed my mind that they could have tried to kill him at this point. I was thinking that it was a hoax because I was just flabbergasted that this would actually happen and that you'd leave your man behind. But no, they could have they could have had a Barney and tried to do him in, couldn't they? Yeah, and how many was there? Six, was it? Seven of them, including him. Yeah, but so six legged it back. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> you'd think one of them would crack, like that one on the bottom left of the picture. He looked like a cracker. <laughs> Old Humpty Dumpty there. And that is exactly what happened. <laughs> they thought oh, that they had... Sorry, yeah. <laughs> the police thought that they'd yeah, killed him. that they'd him. killed him and hidden the body. I thought you meant that they cracked. They admitted <laughs> it was false. The end. The department started turning their attention to the men to find out if one, or if not all of them, 
were responsible for Travis's disappearance. Maybe there was a falling out or a fight and that's how Travis lost his life. The next day, they split the men up and put them into different groups, each with a deputy who kept asking, or not necessarily asking, but saying, if you tell us where the body is, we can be through with this. Come on, what did you do with Travis? Tell us and we can all go home and be through with this. That's leading, isn't it? Crikey. They used helicopters, police dogs, and expanded the search from the site, but still they found not a footprint. Nothing. Not even a loose shoe. They had sniffer dogs as well, and they went from the site, so they picked up mm-hmm. Travis's scent. Yeah. But there was no... No scent? It literally stopped there. Didn't go Whoa. out. Okay. Nothing. Interesting. Although they had no proof... Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> cool. So they had sniffer dogs and they couldn't find any track of him in the forest. <laughs> Did they try the truck? Um, I would have thought so. I suppose that his scent would have been there anyway because he had been in there. But yeah. I'm thinking whether they took him back gonna... with them. Or did he hide out in a cabin they'd found in the woods? These are experienced woodsmen. That is true. Okay, continue. Although they had no proof, the police knew something was afoot. The media had got hold of the story too, and people in the town would shout out at them in the street, We know what you done. You took her gym! <laughs> Where's the body? Whoa, that's some pressure. Because the police had no proof, what they decided to do was make them all take a polygraph test, which wouldn't necessarily catch them in a lie because they measure stress. So the more stressed you are at it, it would say you fail. Mm-hmm. But I suppose they were trying to get enough of something so that one of them would either slip up and yep. admit what happened or one would fess up before they yeah. took the test. That's the idea. They tell you that you fail and you're like, oh, crap, okay, I'll make a deal because yeah. you know you've done it. But, hmm... Hmm, intriguing. So the police are doing pretty brazen, policey things to try and get a confession here, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they're telling all the words go out to the town folk. But like they said, in that kind of situation, you're more likely to think that someone done something. Yeah, yeah. Than... I mean, being realistic, if you'd read this on the news that it happened in your hometown today, your first thought is probably going to be foul play, not yeah. aliens, isn't it? Yeah, okay, I can appreciate that. A few of them were nervous because they had it in their mind that the police were going to try to pin it on them regardless, and a few of them had been in trouble with the law before. A young fella named Steve Pierce, who was only 17 at the time, Oh, Piercey. was the first one in, and he was the most nervous of the bunch. And the reason he was first is because the examiner said he was the quiet one that didn't say too much and seemed to shy away from the others in the group. So from his experience with interrogations with the FBI, it's guys like him which are most likely to crack. He was the Humpty Dumpty. So if if he went first and cracked, it would save him and the police a lot of time. Steve also admitted that he thought about sneaking out of the station the day of the test because he'd heard that they were going to get pinned with his death regardless. So he was scared shitless. Yeah, as you would be. Young chap, this is his whole life potentially being thrown away. Mm-hmm. You're telling the police that aliens took him. At 17, you're thinking, they're not going to believe that. <laughs> they, they are going to try and pin it on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, officer, <laughs> my friend got adopted. Pretty sure he wouldn't say anything like that. 
that they were repeatedly asked the same four questions. Did you cause Travis Walton any physical injury last Wednesday? No. Do you know if Travis Walton was injured by some other member of the crew last Wednesday? No. Do you know if Travis Walton's body is buried or hidden somewhere in the Springs area? No. Did you tell the truth about actually seeing a UFO last Wednesday when Travis disappeared? Yes. I'd also like to point out that they could have refused to take the test, mm-hmm. but they all wanted the truth out. Oh, shit. And to the surprise of not only the examiner, but the sheriff as well. And the whole freaking town. They all passed. Passed, gosh. Well, all but one guy. Oh, hold up. <laughs> called Dallas. Ah, oh, Dallas. You let us down, Dallas. So his test was deemed inconclusive. Oh, okay. So he didn't fail as such. Because he wouldn't keep still and was doing all he could to disrupt the test by fidgeting and being awkward. Okay, that's that's suspicious. That's more suspicious Mm -hmm. than failing. But he had previous run-ins with the law and he wasn't going to allow them to pin this on him. So in his mind, inconclusive is a better result than a fail. Was he told they could be inconclusive, though? I don't know. Or has this Dallas got form for taking these tests so he knows what to do? Um, They're prepped before, so they're told to keep still, yeah, breathe, yeah, all okay. of that. So he was just like, nah, I'm just going to be awkward. And the examiner also says that he was just being awkward. He being was told to give one-word answers, but was giving more. Yeah. Stuff like that. So polygraphs are inadmissible. But even so, for five people to pass and not one slip up, if this was a hoax, it would be impossible, surely. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I'm not sure how long after the test this happened, same day, next day or what, but it had been five days by this point when Travis Walton returned. What? He's alive. He's a... (laughs) Travis... (laughs) Yo, alive. Oh, he's alive. Yo, alive. So he'd lost about 10 pounds of weight and had five days worth of facial growth. So he'd been living in that cabin in the woods. Well, if you were living in a cabin and eating food and stuff, you wouldn't lose weight. Who's to say he was eating as much as he would usually eat, though? Mm. He didn't have any tools to work out with, or perhaps he was... Five days is a long time to lose not a long time it's if you're eating it's very hard to lose 10 pound in five days well he might not have been eating that much because he's in the woods even if you're not eating that much if you're still sustaining food 10 pounds is a lot to lose in five days you could sweat that out in a day you might put it back on the next day with fluid intake but if you're limited for five days well boxers do it don't they they drop down 15 pounds or so what's he gonna do in the morning then they have a cabin Chronic (laughs) masturbation. He's got nothing else except for his package. (laughs) He's getting phone calls on the cabin phone. Hey, Travis, you want to come home today? (laughs) No! But in their search, they had helicopters and stuff. Don't you think they would have seen a cabin? Not if there wasn't any fire. Cabin in the woods? Be covered by the overgrowth. Not necessarily. 
Not unnecessarily. Hmm. I'm surprised that he's alive. I pretty much decided at this point that they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with a better theory now. So Ralph Anderson says that Grant and Nash, which is his brother-in-law, received a phone call. Grant, <laughs> this is Travis. I'm back. I need help. So Grant thinks this is a prank call. Wait a minute, fella. You got the wrong number. I'm sorry. Don't hang up on me, Grant. This is Travis. I need help bad. Grant asks where he is, to which he replies, he's in a phone booth by Amoko Station in Herber. Uh When news got out of Travis's return, you can imagine how relieved the others must have felt. Mike said it's almost as unbelievable as what happened to him. And Steve said that he turned to his mum and said, See? Told you I didn't kill him. I just hit him real hard. (laughs) No, can't remember. So Grant must have called Dwayne, who's Travis's brother, who was closest to where Travis was. So Dwayne drove out to pick him up. So can I just clarify, Mm -hmm. hopefully you know, where he was. Is that pretty close to where he was, where he vanished from? Not too close. It's not as if he could have walked home. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's five miles, three miles, ten miles from where he vanished from. Not sure. Okay. When Dwayne pulled up, he said that Travis started to scoot away from him. Dwayne reached down, picked him up, held him, and just burst into tears. <laughs> Dwayne went on to explain to him about how distraught their mother had been the last couple of days, which left Travis confused, because to him, he thought he'd only been gone about two hours. He thought it was still the same night. So they could have whacked him around the head and he's been in like a coma, unconscious for five days, hence why he has lost all that weight because he hasn't eaten anything or had any fluids. That's true, but... Don't you butt me. It's true. One of their questions was, did any of you cause any physical harm to him? Yeah, but it was a polygraph. That is also true. (laughs) But I'm sure if you got whacked in the head, you would either have blood coming from your head. Maybe. Or they were like, don't you tell anyone about this. (laughs) (laughs) And Travis was crapping his pants, so he went along with it. Whilst Travis was laid up in hospital, you can imagine the media frenzy that's going on. God, yeah. The media were heavily scrutinising it. They thought it was all a hoax, that he was hiding out somewhere in a cabin or something. They thought his brother was involved too. And a reporter asked him why didn't he take his story to the media? To which he replies that his family had told him about what was being said in the media and the people flocking around. He said he was in no condition to talk to anyone, especially a mob like that. Which I totally get because Hmm. a huge majority of the media are a bunch of parasites. They'll do anything for a story. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And I think it would have been worse back then as it is now, as there's really no way to fact check a story back then. Mm. So he wasn't looking to make money out of it or anything? Nope. He was also worried about being handed over to some government agency that would have been after information that they may have considered important. Like, where did you come up with the idea for that interior decor in the log cabin? (laughs) Or what happened to Dallas's truck? And his wallet and his sister. Mm. I feel like I'm humming a lot. It's a lot to take in at once. 
Yep, I totally agree. So he was in hospital and the media were all swamping around him, basically. That is true. So there was a well, huge gathering of not only the media, but um, like every, I want to say everyone, but like a circus of people, like so people that believed in UFOs and stuff like that. Loads of people flocked to come and see him and like hear his story and things like that. Hmm. And what were the other dudes saying at the time? Were they like friendly with him or were they avoiding him? Um, I think a few, some had gone to see him. Not all were happy about what happened, obviously, because what had happened to them since he'd been gone. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, you can't really blame him. Because if that did happen to him, it's not... Well, it could be his fault because he ran out there in front of the ship, but, you know. Hmm. In an interview, Travis's yeah, yeah. brother, <laughs> <laughs> brother Dwayne explains that Travis spent five days on the craft and that he saw some creatures on there. Did he? That were human-like, but not human. Oh. When asked if he believes his brother's story, he says, in his entire adult life, Travis has never told a joke. He sounds like a joy. (laughs) Ralph, Travis's other brother, speaking to Newfork, which is the National UFO Reporting Center, so glad you explained that <laughs> says that the police threatened to put all kinds of charges against the men involved if they found out that this was a hoax fair enough travis was due to meet with the same guy that administered the polygraph test to the others but he didn't show up which would at least set off an alarm bell yep however the examiner believes that his no-show was more influenced by his brother why would his brother not want him to attend If they all believe him, then surely you'd encourage it to get the story out. It turns out that Travis believed the polygraph was a lie detector test and was eager to do it, but was persuaded not to by Jim Lorenzen. He was told that it measures stress, not whether a person tells the truth. So questions about stressful events could cause stressful memories. A truthful stressed person can fail them, and a calm sociopath that's lying can pass it is travis a calm sociopath i wouldn't say that i will leave you to your own conclusion (laughs) travis mentions that back then they didn't have terms like ptsd and that people didn't understand how messed up and how fragile he was they just wanted him out there to tell the truth and couldn't understand why he wouldn't take a lie detector test fair comment most of the most of the decisions left to his brother as Travis was in that fragile state. The publicity of this case was huge and reached an organization called APRO, Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. They reached out and said they knew someone that would be able to hypnotize him to remember what happened in those missing days. Uh oh. Travis agreed and underwent regressive hypnotherapy. Have you seen Travis talk? I have. Does he strike you as a little bit vulnerable? Yes and no. Mm, that doesn't really help. <laughs> <laughs> You're wondering if he could just be put under and suggestive. Well, we were talking about this in a previous file. That we were. As to whether he's remembering things, whether he's being told things, like if he's a little bit... Say he had a mild learner disability, for example. Mm-hmm. He might have been bullied by the other chaps and told him to speak his story and told that this happened. And he, A, could be profoundly scared of that and sticks to the other story so as to not to upset the people. 
Or B, he could even start believing it. Or C, he really got abducted. Or D, they're trying to hoax. A, B, C, D. Travis agreed and underwent regressive hypnotherapy. He recalls looking up at a light and seeing two figures over him. He thought he was in a hospital, so didn't make any attempt to move. Eyesight's still a little fuzzy. He then starts to notice these figures in a little more detail. They had no hair. They were bald. Undeveloped features. They had Ken genitals. And he says he didn't think. He just lashed out. He grabbed the nearest instrument, which was a glass-looking tube. No. What? He then tried to break it to give himself something sharp to defend himself with. But the creatures didn't move towards him. <laughs> they turned and ran. They pussyfooted it away. <laughs> <laughs> so they had all the power to abduct him. But... <laughs> And they legged it. He followed them out the door He's into obviously. a corridor. Uh-huh. They turned one way, he went the other, which led to a room. When he entered, there was a chair in there, and he could see the stars as if they were breaking through the walls. He also noticed buttons and dials like a control centre too. He heard someone coming up behind him, and when he turned, he saw a man. He looked just like you and I, he says. Travis started asking questions, but got no response. The man just took him by the arm and wanted him to follow. They went into another room, which was much bigger, and there sat two saucer-shaped UFOs. So he's in a large ship with smaller ship within it then. <laughs> and you're telling me that he chased off these other two creatures completely freaking out. He didn't then chase, he, they just Well, left. he tried to fight them. Tried to attack them, in fact. Well, with didn't try to attack. Broke <laughs> something off to defend himself. And they legged it. And then he sees another creature and he's not bothered at all. It's human. He said it looks just like you and I. Okay. Hit me with it, come on. He was then led to another room with three more human-like people and was sat in a chair. He still tried to communicate, but nothing. They put an oxygen-like mask on his face and he was looking up at the ceiling, which was a bright light in itself. And that's the last thing he could remember before he woke up lying on the pavement. It was night time and he could make out a light. As he looked up, he was looking at the bottom of the craft, which subsequently took off. He realised the road he was on, noticed the light of the gas station and ran to the phone booth and called his brother-in-law. Well, it's convenient of them to drop him by a gas station rather than in the middle of the forest or somewhere where they are less likely to get seen. Mm-hmm. They just dropped him flat out in the middle of a road. And this event went on for five days so we've got an account of him waking up going to attack the creatures then seeing the humany figure mm-hmm. doesn't sound like five days worth of accounts anything could have happened to this no, man but he could have been knocked out yeah that's what i'm saying like anything could have happened yeah. prior to him waking up this is the last like 10 minutes of his journey yeah because it Pretty he's much continues got four, from what he remembers. Yeah, he's had four days solid getting probed before that. <laughs> Does he... You've seen him, yeah? Mm-hmm. Does he walk a bit like a penguin? Does have a slight odd walk to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm getting more on board. <laughs> Two other ships on the ship. Yep. He should have hopped in one and had a go. There's nothing about how big they were. Nope. Okay, I'll I'll continue to sit on that white. Now this session was taped, and no, I don't have it. 
and it was witnessed by two other professionals as well with none of them seeing anything that would lead them to believe that this is a hoax. Jim Lorenzen, who has heard the tapes, was also himself struck by the description of the non-human creatures as it matches identically to another case which hasn't been published. So oh. Travis would no, have no way of knowing... Oh. <laughs> There's another case that hasn't been published? Mm-hmm. Oh. Travis would have no way of knowing about it oh. beforehand. I'll also mention that it does say that he mentions things in graphic detail in the session, but they didn't include it in the doc, so I had trouble finding it. So he did get probed. So he does, I mean, he describes the non-human-like creatures in more detail. Were they naked? He said they didn't have any hair. Were they literally Barbie and Ken dolls (laughs) without their wigs on? So Travis now believes that him being hit was more of a defensive move and that he was taken aboard the ship to be treated. Oh, that hadn't occurred to me. Did he have any... I might be getting ahead here, or you might not. Did he have any evidence as to injuries, like a head trauma or anything? Because he's nope. saying being hit was defensive and they needed to treat him. They hit him with the beam. Yeah. But then we don't know what the beam would have done to him. Mm. So they may have had means to treat it on the ship. Potentially, but if they were going to... Well, I suppose if they've got the technology to visit a planet across the galaxy or other galaxies, then they're probably going to have technology to not have a bruise come up, which is where I was going, any brain trauma or bruising. Now, we also have to look at this from a science and data viewpoint. And Mm. in comes Stanton Friedman, a nuclear physicist. Yes, he looks for data and evidence and doesn't focus on sensationalism. You're building him up like he's about to get sensational. He does his research. Yeah. He asks questions. Mm-hmm. And he says himself that he has a big grey basket. Things aren't just black and white. He says, I can't listen to a story for two minutes and give you a yes or no answer. Mm-hmm. But without going into huge amounts of data, he's extremely credible in his field. Mm-hmm. And he believes that Travis and the other men truly witnessed something otherworldly. Okay. Now, this case, um, the last I knew of it being investigated or could find was in the summer of 2014. Quite recently. And the trees in the area that the craft landed were examined and found the growth rate of those trees was 36 times that of those in 1975. Mm-hmm in which the growth rate was 0.163 and it's now 0.5958 cubic feet per year. That's pretty shocking. And that's more than in the last or in the previous 85 years. The further you get from the spot that the UFO was meant to have landed, the more the growth diminished. Now, some of the stumps of those trees were checked and what they found that there was also some swelling and directionality to them. They pointed to the direction where the craft had been and not on the opposite side. What? So they're saying that the craft has encouraged growth rate? Probably radiation. That wouldn't make things grow quicker, would it? That would yeah, slow it, it does. down. Mm. It doesn't. 
will mutate. Were they like monster trees? Well, so they have arms. You think if they've grown a lot bigger than they would normally, that's a mutation in itself. Mm, okay. Yeah. Now, let's look at this from the other side, the skeptical side. Yeah. And one skeptic in particular is Philip J. Class. PJ Class. Come on. He claims that this is a hoax and that Walton used counter techniques during the lie detector test because Walton done one himself yep. and passed. He claims that he used counter techniques during the lie detector, such as holding his breath. He even states the examination is poorly administered. By people who want to believe. Class believes that this is all a ploy for money and claims to have found a previous exam which claims to show Walton failed. What? What do you mean by previous exam? Polygraph. Oh, so he failed one and they covered it up. But class never shows this. Uh, which links to what we were discussing about him before where he's been accused of shifting the evidence to fit, to fit his viewpoint. What we don't know is that class has a shady background within this field himself. <laughs> he was closely tied to someone that was close to the president and worked for the government. Was he being used to destroy the credibility of those that release these stories to bury them for the government? Mm. It's also claimed that the personal attacks and harassment by class contributed to the suicide of Jim McDonald. He committed suicide. So Jim was... Um, I wouldn't use the term believer, but he was someone else who investigated UFOs. Mm -hmm. And class went after him, like personally, just yeah. hounding him. And um, Jim committed suicide. So there's a lot in, there's a lot of people in that area that believe he helped. Okay. Well, I don't really know what to think here. This is an awfully complex case. <laughs> So Class interviewed everyone around the case, but never Travis himself. And even those that were investigating the case questioned Class's motives. As he got in contact with some of the authority figures, when they questioned him or didn't bend to his exact demands, they didn't hear from him again. Suspicious, okay. Travis, Friedman and his lawyers drew up a contract to be signed by Class, which would find an examiner, which is neutral to both parties, Mm -hmm. If Travis passed, Class would pay. If Travis failed, they would pay. Class never signed the agreement. Ooh. They played Class at his own game. Class tried to pay Steve Pierce. Remember the 17-year-old? Yep. Tried to pay him off, and Pierce was having financial difficulty at the time. Mm -hmm. Class tried to pay him ten thousand dollars to admit it was a hoax. He wanted to use that ten thousand better. <laughs> Class apparently had no money. Well, not no money, but not but, the amount yeah. to freely pay someone ten thousand dollars. So where did this money come from? He didn't have any money. He's just trying to get him to admit it without paying, wasn't he? So he's trying to. He's a bit like the police, really, just trying to do whatever he could to force a confession. Or was it a government fund? But he never paid it. Because he never admitted to it being a hoax. Maybe, well, we don't know there was ever any money there in that case, do we? It's always going to be a maybe. Mm -hmm. For those that claim they were trying to delay the contract, 
because they were behind. The companies have said that that wouldn't have helped them. They wouldn't have got paid for it. Mm. Mike was federally investigated. There's no way he could have benefited from this. And it was actually more harming to him. Before we get your final thoughts, I just want to say that a few of these men had to leave Snowflake to get to a place where no one knows them and they can live in peace and actually find work. And although a film has been made about the event called Fire in the Sky, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And Travis now goes to conventions and such. And he also has a book. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I should have known he was alive. It's due to not being able to just go about his business and get work as he's labelled by a majority of the people. In an interview in the 70s, he's asked what he wants from this and he says he just wants the truth out there and to be left alone. He'd been offered lucrative deals to monetize from it, but he turned them all down. Did you really have to make him so honourable at the end? (laughs) There's bits I've left out where people kind of, I wouldn't say give testimonies, but they talk about his character Mm -hmm. and there's not a single person that puts him down. Until now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is tough. Ah, Also, he has a brother that doesn't believe, I wouldn't say doesn't believe him, but his brother goes to a, is it him? No, sorry, Steve. Mm -hmm. Steve has a brother that goes to college or uni in New York at this point. And he says that why would the aliens go after people like him? Why don't they go after intelligent people? Yeah. But I mean, we've questioned that before, but the more I think about it is you find a lot... get away with it. You find a lot of UFO contacts and stuff out in rural places where it's not likely that they're going to be seen by a lot of people yeah. and I wouldn't say you can experiment on but like you said you're more likely to get away with it from someone that's less believable Yeah. but then that leaves them more susceptible and to I suppose it depends why you're doing it as well Yeah. But are you testing on people biologically in which case does their intelligence level really matter, does their standing in the community really matter Probably not. But it, uh, <sighs> <laughs> this is tough because I don't feel like I've got anything to criticise him for. But equally, I'm not really on board with the story itself. I think there's an awful lot of things that could have happened. And I don't really have a sense of whether he knows what he's been through. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to determine whether he is part of a hoax or whether he truly believes what happens to him. I'm leaning on the side of he truly believes from what you've described. He was quite messed up psychologically by it. But then you can get people that are quite messed up psychologically who have difficulties, obviously, with mental health and whatnot. Mm. Maybe he had difficulties of that nature and he went wandering into the forest and the other guys left him because they were fed up with him. And so when they came up with this story... He and Mike are best friends and they've worked together for 10 years. Yeah, they left him. Yeah. That's what makes me so suspicious. Fight or flight, though. It's one of those things you can't 
you can't say what you would do unless you're in that situation. Yeah, I appreciate that. But they left him. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of compelling evidence there. I feel like there's some alternative theory that we haven't discussed. Okay. Just trying to think if there's anything that I haven't put in but obviously have remembered. Yeah. I'm not saying intentionally. I no. Just, um, it feels like there could be something. Like, I don't feel like we've got to the truth. Do you know what I mean? Ah, he also failed a lie detector test on, I think it was a... Not a TV some, show. Yeah. Ah. Oh. And he failed it. But then later down the line, um, it comes out that the TV show didn't necessarily rig it to fail, but obviously for TV ratings, they yeah. pretty much rigged it to fail. And it's there has always been a lot of stigma attached to people who claim to have seen UFOs, which is why the yep. government didn't use the UFO acronym. They use UAP to try and lose that. How hmm. oh, man. I think there's a lot of people that come out with fake stories that obviously, I wouldn't say detract, but they mm. smear the people that have genuine yeah. stories out there. I feel like we might disagree on this one. Is it time to give conclusions? Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm not saying that it was aliens, but I'm not saying that he's a liar. Okay. I don't feel like I've got enough to say that it was aliens. There isn't enough. Like, he can only remember a couple of hours, or if that, on the ship. His, the account was not convincing to me in the slightest, but what was convincing to me is his subsequent reactions in discussing it with people and not seeking fame until he had to seek some form of income. And I'm a bit on the fence about that as well. I'm very suspicious about the other guys involved in it. I didn't get a sense that they... Oh, I don't know. I don't feel there's enough there to convince me. You are quite right. <laughs> it's a crazy story, but it was aliens. I'm saying this is aliens. Sim... I wouldn't say simply because, yes, you can trick a polygraph test and stuff like that. Mm. They all said what they saw. They all passed it. Yeah, I don't buy into polygraphs at all. I don't buy it in the fact that they're lie detectors, but your stress levels will go up if you're trying to lie. Wait, they were working at night, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Were they using drugs at all to... They're all drug tested. Mm -hmm. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's something out there. We thought the last one was tough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel convinced that it was aliens and I don't feel like there's any real evidence here. It's just one man's account. He could have been doing anything. We might get a confession on his deathbed that he made it all up. I initially there's... thought that maybe he and one other, oh sorry, he and his brother mm -hmm. had planned something. Turns out his brother was also tested and stuff like that. Alibi, pass a lie detector, mm. or polygraph. Yeah, that didn't really come into my mind. He could have, he could have though, couldn't he? He could have hoaxed it with someone else. You know, I didn't but again, think of that jury. I'm not saying that's what did happen. Didn't try to make money off it until... But then did he do it thinking he would make money on it later on? Well, like I say, but did he have you... some sort of substantial issue with his health? You have no... No, it didn't. And why did he not have any radiation issues if the area did? There was no... And what would the alien motivation be? I don't know what I was going to say. 
there's no guarantee you're going to make money off it down the line at all. We've seen this in the past where people do these kind of things on the off chance. Yeah, I honestly believe he's completely sincere in everything he says. Not everything, but from what I've seen. What would the alien motivation be? I don't know, maybe they were doing a study of something and he got too close to the ship, got, I don't know, one of the little aliens on there might have panicked, hit the button, thinking he was a threat, and then found out he wasn't, so they healed him, him back to health off. Yeah. five days later. I, 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 I love the fact that we gave the con- you gave your conclusion like five minutes ago. And we're still and talking we're still about going. <laughs> well, like I say, it's not that I'm saying it's definitively bullshit, I just don't feel like there's enough evidence there, and my this is an alien's sense is tingling. Like I, said, I just feel like there's something there that we haven't got to the bottom of. Looking at human nature and our past when we come into contact with things less advanced uh, animals or even, to be fair, when we come into contact with other cultures, if we saw them as a threat, it would be horrid as it is. We'd just wipe them out. Or well, we have done that. And I think if an alien was at risk of being exposed, if they gave a shit, they could have just offed all these chaps. They might just know that. I mean, they could Someone's be friendly aliens, but then yeah. why haven't they presented themselves to us or why don't we know about these? I mean, how do we even know that they could just be mm. studying our planet? Not necessarily. They might not even be bothered about coming yeah. in and starting a war because we're that insignificant to them. We could be their science project. But like I say, for me, the account itself just doesn't feel believable. mm that's my main issue with it. You know how we go, like if we take a geography trip, we go to certain places. <laughs> Aliens could be like, we're taking a geography trip to Earth. Could be like going to a zoo, couldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still don't feel like that's it. No, but... <laughs> absolutely fair. <laughs> so is that it? You done? I probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably talk about this for another 20 minutes, but I don't think we get well, any new information. On this file, we agree to disagree. Kev says it's not aliens, but it was aliens for me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help us grow. We want to be numero uno. If you're ever in doubt, always remember, the truth is up there. Hash tag.